Time to talk some greyhound racing. My next guest on the, the programme is known as the Strike Rate Queen. Now, she's won the title of Strike Rate Trainer of the Year on a number of occasions. And when her dogs line up, you can be sure that they're going to run a great race. She's also well known as an excellent conditioner of stayers. Her current champion is Thrilling Rogue, who has won a number of group and feature races in recent months. In the past, she's also tasted success in Australia, taking some of her top stayers over to Oz to compete in their big races. Some of her best dogs in the past have been Thrilling Brat and Thrilling Quest. Her name is Karen Walsh. She joins us on the program. Morning, Karen. Welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. Pretty impressive CV, Karen. <laughs> you certainly made it sound good. <laughs> hey, look, I'm coming into the greyhound industry as a female trainer, is it? Is it been a bit harder to earn the respect of your male um, compatriots, or is that sort of well and truly moved on? Yeah, no, I don't think it is at all. I think um, you know people respect results, so as long as you can get the results, it doesn't matter where you come from or what gender you are. Of all the things you can do in life, how did you get into training greyhounds? Um, It's a bit of a long story, but I was originally working in um, galloping stables and was asked to help out, look after some greyhounds while the the, um, owner looked for for a new trainer. And um, I just fell in love with them. They're just such amazing animals. Um, I'd never had even a pet dog at that point in my life. Um, But yeah, greyhounds are just something else. There's something really special about them. Yeah, okay. And so you say you've worked in the horse side of the industry. I mean, it's going to sound like a ridiculous question because we clearly know what the difference between a greyhound and a horse is. But in terms of training them, in terms of um, that environment, what what is fundamentally the big difference? Um, there is there is a lot of um, a lot of things that are very similar, and that initially. Um, I think that really helped me that I could, you know, bounce off those ideas sort of thing to to work out what I was doing because really it was a teach yourself situation. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, but, yeah, no, I think they, they, they're very similar, but dogs are very, um, a, a lot more difficult, um, delicate. They, you know, they're quite fragile animals and um, they really put themselves on the line. So, uh, yeah, they take quite a bit mm. of care keeping them sound and, you know, keeping them in one piece. So where did you learn your training principles from? How did you get yourself up to speed in terms of training um, greyhounds at the highest level? Well, to be honest, I think most people in the industry are fairly self-taught, um, quite simply because it is such a small industry. Um, you know, there's not the positions, you know, to work in stables and work in kennels and things, and um, you know, to, to get that basic education. So... Most of it's self-taught, and then it's just asking questions of people that you admire and respect, you know, work out what they do and how you can Mm. add that into your program and your training and that sort of thing. And, yeah, just pick up little bits as you go along the the years. See, training human beings for distance races, running races, you can put a human being in a lab and you can gain a pretty good understanding sometimes of their physiology. I mean, they'll often tell you what they think they're good at, whether they're a sprinter, whether they're good over 800, 1500 or more of a slow diesel and probably better suited to marathon training. How do you determine the strengths and weaknesses or the physiology of a greyhound and the type of training based on that that you need to give them? Um, it's really just uh, a matter of working it out as you go along. You know, you sort of start with a basic plan with, you know, with all of them and then as they show you what they need or what they want, um, you just have to change their training a little bit to suit them, and um, 
a lot of it is just paying attention. You know, you just take note of every little detail and um, they'll tell you that way. Mm. Do you get a pretty good read early on in their life um, whether or not they're going to have that X factor or is that something that just comes with time and repeated training? Some of them will show you immediately. You know, you just know some of them. Some of them have got it. But yeah, definitely, there's some that do surprise you along the way and really, you know, suddenly put their hand up. And um, you know, even some that you just you just think that didn't have it will suddenly just you put them in a race one day and bang, they're there. So um, yeah, it's just a matter of giving everything, every single dog a fair go mm. and see what you get. And as a trainer, what is the right number of dogs to have in your stable in terms of trying to get the best out of all of them from a racing point of view? Um, I'm not sure if there's an exact number. I think definitely um, that smaller smaller number per person in the kennel um, definitely gives the dogs more attention. We generally have sort of about um, probably five, six dogs per person that's working in the kennels that way they get a lot of attention and you know mm. you can pay pay them the extra care and everything that they they deserve um and i believe that you get better results from them that way mm. i mean it's an interesting time politically in this country and there are more and more people pointing fingers at the racing industry and the welfare of animals what regulations are in place in and around greyhounds and are you comfortable with those regulations and what are some of those sort of um, safety measures and uh, yeah in terms of making sure that you know the greyhounds have a good life I guess well they have obviously just um, really um, applied a lot more rules lately. We've had a lot of rules in place for a long time, but it's sort of starting to, well, not starting, it has become far more policed now, which is fantastic. You know, it's one of those situations that, that you know, about time and was required quite some while ago. Um, so just the fact that they're policing these things will really improve um, improve things, and I know it has already. Um, but, yeah, just, just making sure that every individual dog is, extremely well cared for throughout its racing career and it, it is followed all the way through until it gets into mm. its retirement home and every single dog gets to the retirement home. That's the main thing that um, they have been policing now and, you know, that's fantastic. Yeah, because normally it's just one or two, isn't it, that ruin it for everybody else across the industry. I'd imagine everybody's um, yeah, pretty compassionate, pretty, everybody's pretty empathetic. Is it? Is, is do you Do they feel like pets, Karen? Do you get that emotional attachment to them more so than perhaps a racehorse? Oh, absolutely you do, you know. And they, you know, they're they're just dogs at the end of the day and and they love people the same as any pet dog. And, um, you know, that's what I like about having a small amount of dogs per person is that you can go into the kennel and spend that time cuddling with them and playing with them and, you know, their, their personalities are just amazing. They deserve to have that extra bit of care. Okay, when is Thrilling Rogue back in action? Um, probably two or three weeks we'll um, we'll launch him back into action again. He's just um, pulled up with a bit of a sore muscle after his last run, so he's getting a bit of pampering mm. at the moment. Where um, you, yeah, and then he'll be straight back to it. Where do you get the names from? Um, Around the dinner table? <laughs> yeah, it's quite tricky, to be honest. Um, it is We struggle to think of names because um, you're only allowed to have like 14 letters in the name and with thrilling in front of it, it leaves mm. us very few mm. um, to work with. So, yeah, it gets a bit tricky. We have actually just started to reuse some from, you know, 
20 years ago, so yeah, my the pro- old ones are coming out. My producer, he's cut like a greyhound. He would like, to, he'd love a greyhound to be called Sam Hewitt. So just write that one down so that one day we can have, okay. and Sam Hewitt gets up. Cause, yeah. All right, we'll keep that in mind. Yeah, no, it's it's a good name, Sam Hewitt. Do they have like pet names? So what's Thrilling Rogue known as? Uh, yeah, no, they, um, all of our dogs are given pet names, you know, when they're born, and then we just put Thrilling in front of it. So yeah, he's been he's been rogue since he was born. So you labelled him a rogue from the day he was born. That's you're not giving him a great start in life, are you? <laughs> Pretty much, he's a bit of a rogue, but he's a lovable one. Mind you, my mother probably would have called me rogue if she can do it all again too. <laughs> hey, look, um, all the very best. Uh, lovely to chat with you, Karen. Thoroughly enjoyed the conversation. Thoroughly enjoyed just a little bit more insight. And because um, I'll be honest, I, I, it's not it's not something I'm familiar with. So thank you. No, no problem at all. Thanks very much for having me. There you go, 26 minutes away from midday. You're listening to SENZ. Harness Racing, get amongst it, hrnz.co.nz. Live the dream, get involved in harness racing today. New Zealand Harness Racing, visit hrnz.co.nz. Check out the Greyhounds as well.